Welcome to Destiny Moments with Angel Murchison. Today on the broadcast, I have W. Terry Whalen from Denver, Colorado. Thanks for joining me today, Terry. Angel, wonderful to be with you today. Well, Terry, I wanted to talk to you today about the passing of America's greatest evangelist, Billy Graham. There's a void in the world today. Um, he was a very much loved evangelist. You were his former editor of the Decision Magazine. Talk to me today about the legacy Billy Graham has left behind. Boy, you know, it's, a, it's an incredible, lasting legacy of, of somebody like, like Billy Graham. Uh, nope. He's the only person I knew on the whole planet Earth, actually, that had preached the gospel. He preached the gospel face-to-face -face more than anyone that I knew. So, I mean, it, it's a remarkable legacy that, you know, he, he traveled the globe, uh, 180 countries, uh, speaking face-to-face -to, -face to, you know, over 215 million people face-to-face, -face, and who knows how many people really watched him on on television, heard him on the radio, uh, watched some of the movies that the, the they made, uh, read his newspaper columns. I mean, just just amazing things. Uh, back when I was working at Decision uh, Angel, we were doing 1.8 million copies of the magazine every month, and it was based there in Minneapolis, Minnesota. They would actually pull. People didn't know this about this place. It was just a nondescript kind of place there in Minneapolis, but they would pull six or seven semis full of mail out of that place every day. So it was pretty incredible. Wow. And yet Dr. Billy Graham was a humble man. He was. He was just very interested in you as a person. So whether, whether he spoke to you in a in a crusade setting where there were thousands of people there or whether he met you one-on-one. -on -one. He was very interested in you and who you were and what kind of relationship you had with Jesus. How do you think that, or when do you feel that Billy Graham came to know Jesus and, and sensed the call of God as an evangelist to the world? Well, you know, he was raised in, raised in this church there in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, he always always talks about always going to church, but uh, really came to his own personal faith uh, at the age of 17 there when Dr. Mordecai Ham came to town. And he resisted going to those meetings, actually, but he went and was it was there that he made his recommitment to Christ, uh, but as far as being an evangelist, he he went to uh, the Florida Bible Institute and uh, started to uh, preach and speak in churches and that kind of thing. But it was really uh, he started started speaking at the uh, Youth for Christ meetings around the country that uh, Tory Johnson had him do, and it was really in those meetings that he had more of a more of a call on his life as an, as an evangelist. And uh, he traveled throughout the uh, United States and Canada speaking at Youth for Christ, and that was kind of the seeds of what ultimately would become the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Wow. Now, he was also a confidant to many of our presidents. Is that right? He was. Uh, he From uh, Harry Truman all the way up through through Barack Obama, so 
I mean, amazing that he he did have that opportunity to uh, influence and be a, a spiritual advisor, like for all these all these different presidents. Uh, Dwight Eisenhower, he met him. Uh, when he was the uh, supreme commander of the Allied Armed Forces at the end of World War II, and but then he met him again after he became president of the United States. It was really with Dwight Eisenhower that he was. Um, Mr. Graham suggested that we have a national uh, national prayer breakfast, and the, Dr. Or president Eisenhower thought that was that was a good idea so they they started the, the national prayer breakfasts and Billy Graham actually spoke about the first 15 of those those prayer breakfasts that they had and that's the tradition that carries on today and they just they just had one recently where where Donald Trump was there actually wow well now you were a friend to not only Billy Graham but also his family Tell me a little bit, I'm sure that um, they're mourning the loss of their father, but also they know that he is with Jesus. And talk to me a little bit about, he spoke about heaven frequently, didn't he? He did. He did. He even, uh, even had a book uh, that where they, they pulled together all of his sermons uh, from Genesis to Revelation, actually. And he's, he's spoken on heaven a lot over the years. And, um, but yeah, I, I think our loss is, is heaven's gain is, is the way I look at it. But, uh, yeah, I did, ha- I did have the opportunity to meet all of the, uh, all of the different children, he had five children, and all of them at, at one point or time. I've I've met all of them. I covered uh, Franklin Graham's first overseas crusade uh, when I was with the magazine. It was down in Managua, Nicaragua, down there. So I've uh, I've been with him over the years, and and I'm sure I'm sure they're feeling the loss of uh, of their father, but they also are. Are comforted because uh, they know that know that he's in heaven. Mm. Now, Terry, you penned and published his biography. Is that right? I did. I uh, I actually had the opportunity to write a, a biography about about Billy Graham that Bethany House published in 2002 as a part of their Men of Faith series. But that that series of books is long out of print, Angel, and so. I work now for a New York publishing house, uh, Morgan James Publishing, and some of our books are Christian. And so a few years ago, I had the idea of revising my old book and uh, getting it back out there. We didn't even have the type for the book. I mean, it was that far back that I'd, I'd done that previous biography. But So I got the chance to update my old biography, uh, get it uh I had Luis Palau uh, write the forward for the book. I got endorsements from, uh, you know, Philip Yancey and Johnny Arcantata and Jerry B. Jenkins and people, people like that, and get my book back out there into the uh, into the marketplace. We actually just did the audiobook version of this book. Uh, it came out last November. And so now I didn't read it, but I, I got a really great reader and the uh, – the, so the audio version for the book is is also available. That's great. Well, tell me some nuggets about uh, Billy Graham's life. He's he's left some legacy. He's left a, a great legacy of of faith. Um, 
to our world and yet there was a simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Talk to me today about that, Terry. Yeah, you know, Mr. Graham preached preached the simple message that people needed to have a personal relationship. Each of us have to have a, our own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And and the cross of Jesus is the way that we we have that opportunity to have our our personal faith, the faith in Christ. You know, God has God has children, but he doesn't have grandchildren. So each of us need to have that personal relationship. And that was the heart message of, of Billy Graham, whether he was, you know, in a in a private room with the, the President of the United States or, or seeing you one-on-one or whether he was uh, speaking at a big big event with thousands of people there. Well, now we know that he was, as we talked earlier, a humble man, and yet he had challenges just like all of us, didn't he? He did. He did. And, um, you know, I do write about in the book, Angel, that there was a sort of a dark night of the soul, is what I call it, where where he he really had to step out in faith with his his beliefs about about the Bible and and he was one of the youngest uh, Bible college presidents in the country there in there at Northwestern, uh, which is based in Minneapolis, which is why the the Graham Association was there in Minneapolis for all those years. And while he was this. The youngest Bible college president in the country, he got invited to speak at a Bible conference at, at the Forest Home Conference Center out there in California. So he went out there to speak. But late that night, uh, Mr. Graham went out into the forest uh, with his Bible, put his Bible on a stump, and got down on his knees. And, you know, he said to God, You know, God, there's some really different stories in the Bible as I read these stories. And, you know, sometimes you kind of wonder, did all this really happen? But I'm going to accept by faith that all these stories from Genesis to Revelation are true. And so I'm going to accept that by faith. By faith. And that, that's really, Angel, the step of faith that, that all of us have to, have to make when it comes to those, those stories that are in the Bible. Hmm. They, some of them do seem a little unbelievable, but they are believable, aren't they? They are true. They are. They are. I mean, how does an acted bloat, you know, for example? But uh, we see that we see that in the scriptures, and so I'm sure that that acted actually bloated. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about his marriage and his uh, wife Ruth. Yeah, you know, he met uh, met Ruth when they were uh, both there at, at Wheaton College in Wheaton, Illinois, and they um, Ruth Ruth Bell really didn't didn't plan to be an evangelist wife. She uh, she was raised in China and was planning on going back to the mission field in China. So she resisted dating Billy Graham there at first, but uh, they did they did get together and they got married and they were married for over sixty years. Um, I mean, she was really the glue for the for the family and raising raising the children. Angel, you can imagine back back when they did these crusades. I mean, just just traveling to India, for example, was a challenge back then. But 
they didn't just travel over there, but they would spend weeks in these crusades and meetings in different cities and all that would would take him away from the home for for a long extended extended periods of time. But Ruth was the the person that kept the kept the family together, the faith, uh, all those all those things that she did. Well, she was an incredible, incredible woman um, as well, and we know that uh, Franklin Graham is is doing a great work in our world today as well. And what is your contact, and, and what are some things that Franklin's working on? Well, you know, Franklin uh, still has the Meredith's Purse uh, going, and and those those things and as well as the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association but uh, Franklin's son uh, Will who I met met years ago is now an evangelist as well uh, Will is the uh, executive executive director of the uh, the Billy Graham training center which is called the Cove there in Asheville North Carolina and he's also very involved in, in evangelism and holding holding meetings and, and that kind of thing well, I've been praying that um, even prior to the passing of, of of Billy Graham that God would raise up evangelists all across this globe for this end time harvest. Can you touch on that? Yeah, well, uh, twice um, Mr. Graham got together evangelists from all over the world uh, in Amsterdam. And, and the purpose of that really... Uh, and it's an ongoing purpose is to to train evangelists all over the world for the you know for the spreading spreading of the gospel and it was it was amazing that he he did that had those kind of meetings there there in Amsterdam and still has ongoing training that you can get from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association in in evangelism and so that that's the heartbeat of uh, the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association is to to train up people to be comfortable in their faith and to really share their faith uh, with other people so that so that the world can know Jesus. Mm. Well, we know that they're looking for hope. Everywhere we turn today, it seems that people are losing hope, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely, it's all rooted in in hope and and our own our own faith. So he was a man of values and commitment and faith. Can you talk to me about those three things? Yeah, you know, uh, one of the things that happened uh, in the in the history of the association was uh, in the fifties. They had a they they all got together. Uh, the, the the Billy Graham team and they they came up with these principles they called it the the Modesto Manifesto and that's really uh, some of the underpinnings of the Billy Graham Association that even exists they continue today so for example Mr Graham never traveled alone he always had another man or somebody else with him throughout the time for accountability. Um, you know, we lose that kind of thing in our culture a lot of times, but we just don't realize the, the necessity of that kind of thing. He also, uh, the association decided from the beginning that they weren't just going to come in as an evangelist, uh, preach to people, have them leave, come to Christ, and then leave. 
but they were going to work with the local church. So if the local church wasn't involved, uh, they weren't going to come. So basically, and not just not just one kind of church. So in other words, they uh, they worked with Protestants and Catholics and and church from a very broad standpoint to to bring Christians together for when they when they brought people to Christ through their meetings, they would plug them into the local church. So these these new Christians would have a way of uh, growing in their faith, uh, getting into into the fellowship and and reading the Bible and that that kind of thing. They did they would work with the local church. They also decided back in the fifties that they they weren't going to exaggerate any of the numbers related to their meeting. So if, you know, if they had a meeting and 50 people came to Christ, that's what they were going to report. They weren't going to exaggerate it and say that 150 came. They were going to be precise as far as the, the numbers and what, what actually happened. And that's been a, been a pattern for the, the whole, whole organization. So, um, those basic principles are, great things that each of us can can apply and carry forth in our own life as well. Mm. Now he's met people like Mother Teresa. Um, he's spent some time with Reese Brown. Can you touch on that? He did. Uh, yeah, Reese, Reese Brown was uh, the foreman actually at the uh, at the Graham uh, dairy farm when, when Billy Graham was growing up. Uh, Reese, Reese Brown was an African American, and he was really one of the strongest people that that Billy Graham had ever seen uh, growing up. So, I think um, just having that experience, uh, you know, being raised in the in the segregated South, but seeing how different races can all work together for a common good, like life on the farm, that uh, that affected. Mr. Graham and how he brought that forward to uh, to break the whole the whole segregation uh, situation in the South. He when he had his crusades in the in the South, he he tore down the the little barriers between the between whites and blacks, and and anybody could sit anywhere in those in those meetings. Mm. And what about like with Mother Teresa? He did have the opportunity to meet Mother Teresa. Uh, he's he's met met world leaders all over all over the place, and uh, that that's a common theme of uh, of what he's what he did as he, as he traveled places would would be to meet the meet the leaders in different areas wherever wherever those people were. Now, I would say that scripture certainly applied to him. Man makes their plans, but God orders our footsteps. Wouldn't you say that, Terry? He does. He absolutely does. Order What are um, some other characteristics that you saw in Billy Graham that we can glean from today? Well, you know, Mr. Graham always said that if he if he had to go back and live his life over again, he would spend uh, more time in the scriptures and more time in prayer, which. You know, I in some ways you kind of find odd because somebody like that did spend a lot of time in the scriptures and a lot of time in prayer. But uh, he would do that even more, and I think I think that's an example for all of us. In his later years, uh, Mr. Graham's 
Graham lost the last one last time she she spoke to her dad he had to wear a headset and and a, she had to speak in a microphone so that he could actually hear her voice and that's how bad his bad his hearing got and he had macular degeneration so he wasn't reading much so basically as you look at his life he was um was basically a prayer warrior and so that's that's what billy graham was doing during the the latter years of years of his life, the, more the quiet years where he wasn't in public as much. And so I think, there again, that's, a, that's another example for us of, of something we can, we can do. We, we can touch the God of the universe, Angel, and we don't even, don't even think about that often in our everyday lives. Mm. I so believe in the power of prayer, Terry. I believe that uh, prayer changes things as we read those holy scriptures and believe them as we talked about earlier that it is it is living a life of prayer and and commitment to follow jesus christ amen amen it does it changes things what would you say to a listener today that would be feeling maybe a call um to evangelism what would you say to them I would say um, one of the ways you can uh, you can test your gift, I guess, and see if, see if you have the gift of evangelism is to to begin begin where you are and uh, you know be be sharing your faith with uh, the people you work with, the people that cross your path, and um, and just see how God God uses that and uh, see if that the direction that he's leading you. Mm. Well, uh, Terry, again, we know that the passing of Billy Graham has left a void in the hearts of many around our world today. And I'd just like to ask you to take a few moments and, and pray for the listeners before we end today. Sure. Uh, Lord, we just uh, thank you for the, uh, the power of prayer. We thank you for the life of Billy Graham and what an example he was for us. And we thank you that we can uh, follow his example and, and share our faith with others and, as well as be be committed to you and be, be conscious of your presence with us uh, day in and day out in our lives. So we, we pray for the the listeners that you would uh, really touch their lives today and hold them close to you. And we thank you for the power that you can do this and that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And Terry, I just want to uh, add one more thing. Where can people get a copy of your book that you penned, Billy Graham, A Biography of America's Greatest Evangelist? Yeah, Angel, thank you. Um, the, the book, by the way, is only 172 pages, so it, uh, it's an easy read. I mean, Mr. Graham did a did an autobiography, uh, just as I am. That's over 600 pages, so mine mine's a little easier to read and get through. I guess is what I'd say. And kids can read it. Uh, there's also the audio version of the book just came out in November. But the best one of the best places they can get it through. Uh, my website, which is uh, BillyGrahamBio.com, and they, if they go there, they get a, their their favorite independent 
bookstore, their Christian bookstore. They can get it at Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. It's it's available all over the place. And they can watch a the trailer of that book on YouTube. Is that correct? That's right. I have a little trailer that's there about about the book as well. Okay, great. Well, thank you, Terry, for joining me today. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Join me again next week for another broadcast of Destiny Moments.